Welcome to the Ash K Podcast, where you're going to upgrade your mindset, learn lifestyle tips, and broaden your business brain. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button, and let's get into it. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Ashley. Coming in hot from Las Vegas. Oh, yeah. So excited to have you on today. I'm so Um, excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited (laughs) to, you know, talk about what we have in common, um, sobriety, and how much it's changed our life. I'm really excited to just dive deep into that and how much it's changed your life. So do you want to tell everyone just a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I'm Jenny. I am from Minnesota, Ashley's area, Um, although I've been very nomadic lately, so kind of everywhere in the United States. But um, I own Social Realtor. It is a social media agency for realtors. I started that in 2021, and it's been growing ever since. And Ashley and I actually met Um, at a business mastermind where we're like, okay, we're vibing. And then later found out we're both also sober. And from there, it just was a slippery slope of becoming best friends. So literally (laughs) now we joke that anytime we're together, it's like 30 minutes in and we've started a whole new business plan together. (laughs) Literally the other day we were already like, okay, when are we doing this? Yeah. Yeah. So that's me in a nutshell. Yeah. I love that. I love that you have just been traveling so much and, you know, investing and growing social realtor and making connections. I just think that's so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah, (laughs) our master, the mastermind, thank you, Carla, for pushing us together. Yes. Yes. Of course. (laughs) Because yeah, it's been so fabulous ever since. And we're pretty much like we're, I would say inseparable, but like we're separated at all times, just <laughs> connected just at the same the time. Minds, yes. <laughs> yeah. So I would love to talk about, um, just your sobriety. I think that's what we're going to dive into today. Um, do you want to like, what, where do you want to start? You want to talk about just your story a little bit first? Yeah, for sure. So in thinking of what we wanted to talk about on this podcast, I have a lot of things that have happened over the last five years and you know a lot of them, but I really just kind of took a moment to reflect on what would be most impactful for our audience. And I remember when I was deciding to get sober, podcasts were what I binged. Podcasts and social media are what like really helped me make that choice and like stand firm in it. So I really wanted to share with you guys kind of my journey and where that went. So My journey with alcohol started actually my last day of high school. I didn't drink um, at all in high school. My last day, I remember we were like all planning for it. We had a little after school party with some of my good friends. It was pretty harmless, you know, started just fun little get together, rebelling after 12 years in Christian school (laughs) and then kind of carried into my college years where I was drinking very heavily, you know, it's the binge drinking, college partying, time of your life kind of a thing. And there, you know, it was heavy on the weekends. You were young, you didn't feel it the next day. Um, We would even do weeknights. There was like a local Mexican restaurant that had good drink discount nights that we'd go out for. We'd do fun things in the dorms. It was just party, party, party. 
And then from there, I moved back home to Minnesota, where I lived with some good friends from high school. And I was also in the service industry a little bit, college into after college. And as you know, that can be a slippery slope in itself, where like you're working late nights, and then you go out with your coworkers, you party till the breakdown, and you don't have to be at work till the next afternoon. And it's just kind of a cycle that continues. And in living with some of my good friends, there was actually eight of us at the time. It was four females and all of our men were um, around with us at all times. So it was kind of like somebody was always drinking at the house and it just became normal and like very like easy to just drink all the time because somebody was always drinking. You were never like sitting there drinking alone. Um, fast forward, then they all got married. I moved home with my parents living in their basement and that's kind of was like, I still had this, like, we would drink wine every night together and now I was alone. So I was like, okay, well, I'm still going to like enjoy my wine and all of that good stuff. And, you know, then that's kind of when it was like alone, my parents were home, but I wasn't really drinking with anyone. Um, and it just kind of continued. The cycle just kept going. It just became more of a habit than anything. I loved wine. Um, and then I think it's 2020, no, it would have been 2019, I discovered clean crafted wine, which is hangover free wine. That was a business. Great. And Great. so, <laughs> yeah, um, enabled myself by making this business choice to sell wine. So not only am I making money on the wine I'm selling, but I'm earning free wine and it's healthier for me. So win, 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 just justifying it all around. Um, and it wasn't until probably the pandemic later on in the pandemic that I started kind of questioning like, okay, am I drinking too much? You know, like, is this a problem? You know, I think everyone kind of has that, like, I don't know, but it's not really causing problems in my life, but like, I do drink a lot and, um, started recognizing that in myself, um, then started having some traumatic situations with, um, family members in my life or people in my life that have struggled with alcohol abuse, which was kind of the main trigger for why I decided to get sober. Um, because I kind of looked around and saw nobody chooses to become an alcoholic. Like those people that were hurting me, I know that that wasn't their choice to get to a point where they're so addicted to a substance that they're really just destroying their lives. Um, and yet like I could be on that path if I keep going the way I go. So that was a major, major aha for me. And um, I started trying to like, okay, I'm going to taper back how much I'm drinking. And that just never worked. So um, it was January, 2022. I was actually on vacation with my parents, Ashley and I, but I've been over some goal setting um, before I knew you, but I love goal setting. The book, The One Thing, has been the most impactful book in my life. I attribute it to why I got sober because I was going through their goal setting activity where you talk about all seven circles of your life. And so it's spiritual, physical, personal, key relationships, financial, um, career, and job. I might've done those out of order. But anyways, they talk about what is the one thing that you can do such that by doing it, everything else will become easier or unnecessary. And for years, I knew that one thing was alcohol, 
but I wouldn't even fully admit it to myself. It was kind of that like gut feeling for a while that like, "Mm, you know, if I didn't do that, like everything would improve. But it wasn't until I really sat down and like saw how much like my spiritual health would improve my physical health, my financial, my career, like just literally everything in life. Like the only thing holding me back from these massive goals I had was alcohol. And that was kind of like, don't know what happened. Can't explain it. Like switched. And I decided that was the day I was like, this is amazing. January 1st, let's do it. And yeah, that's kind of a long-winded version of my timeline of drinking. (laughs) Well, I, okay. I vibe so much with that because (laughs) for me, I too was all about like self-help books and reading. And it always in the back of my mind was like, well, if you quit drinking and it's like, why can't can't quit drinking. <laughs> what? Like, I I can't do that. But like, I'll do everything else except for quit drinking. Yeah. You know, I'll work out six days a week and do all this and whatever. And then I wouldn't because I'd be hungover and whatever. But yeah, in the back of my mind, there was always that little. Yeah. But if you quit drinking, you could probably do all of this. If you quit drinking, you would have more money. If you quit drinking, you could your house would be cleaner. You know, just those small little like whispers in the back that you were like okay yeah but I could do something else instead a hundred percent and yeah I love that you brought that back to the one thing though when we when you went through that um goal setting activity at the the goal setting retreat that was so good so so good and I feel like um getting it down to that specific you know that very specific goal of what can you do every day and then deciding you know to quit drinking um and I can attest with that every single thing that you said that they were saying spiritual financial all of family relationships all of that I can attest for sure that they have in yeah and it's increased in my life in a positive way by a thousand percent, a thousand percent. I know it's unreal. Like, and you and I, we could show up this from the rooftops all day, every day. Um, But it's just, it's insane how much of a difference it can make in your life. And it takes until you can recognize that and like admit it and accept it. Like I didn't, it just wasn't serving me anymore, whether it was destroying my life or not. Like it wasn't like causing all these drama and fights and relationship tears. However, it was all those micro things. And it was that, that was that wall between me and everything I wanted. And the second I quit, like everything just fell into place. It was incredible. (laughs) I I literally am getting goosebumps right now because the same, we've been on the same journey, very, very similar journeys Mm -hmm. where it's, amazing how much I've wanted and uh, the mindset that I was in of like why do things keep happening to me and poor me where I was and now how much like just my mindset has changed from quitting drinking and just everything that has gone along with it how much my life has like you said fallen into into place I don't I would not be where I am today without quitting drinking Oh, hell no. Not even one little bit. <laughs> Literally. Um, I see too that like mental health, it's crazy how much too that 
for me, I have anxiety so bad. And well, there's really actually not that bad anymore <laughs> because I quit drinking. Um, but I didn't put two and two together because I would have anxiety, you know, midweek or when I, I was a really big weekend drinker and I would have a lot of anxiety midweek and I didn't put two and two together of I'm drinking. So I'm having anxiety. And now that I quit, like I haven't had an anxiety attack in over 400 days. That's incredible. So, like, <laughs> it goes just hand in hand. It so does. And, like, I think that was one of the coolest things learning. Um, highly recommend the book Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. There's tons and tons of resources out there. But um, she talks a lot about the anxiety and how people drink to reduce their anxiety. And I am not a medical professional, so my description of this might not be on point, but essentially what it does is it depresses our cortisol in our bodies. Um, but then the next day when we are no longer drinking, uh, our body is trying to get back to baseline of cortisol. And so because we depressed it so heavily with alcohol the night before, it spikes to try and get back to that baseline, which is where that anxiety comes from. And that was just like, mind-blowing like everybody knows that alcohol isn't good for you and like it's going to cause all these things but really understanding the science behind it has just been mind-blowing to me yeah that's so cool just because I'm a numbers and science person so knowing what it's doing to your body is scary honestly I, I I can't even think about like there is not name a health benefit, you know, and it, there is none, there is zero health benefits No, to alcohol, zero. So why, and I'm a really big on health and wellness just in my life. So it's like, why, like, I don't understand why I'm doing this. So that was another big reason for me to quit as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, so on your journey, do you want to talk about some of the stuff, like the positive things that have happened in your life? Yeah. Um, oh gosh, where to begin? I think, well, I don't know, maybe I should start backtrack a little. Cause I think that applies to, um, how it transformed so much. Um, so like I mentioned, a lot of things happened over the last five ish years. Um, large part of that was dealing with those in my life that struggled with substance abuse. Um, in 2019, I got married 2020. I got divorced. never thought that would be me getting divorced in less than a year of marriage. Um, but it was, and that was really freaking hard. Um, and then a year after that, I lost, um, oh my gosh, I can't say this without getting emotional. I had put down my baby Georgia, um, she was my dog, uh, my first ever dog. And honestly, like sometimes I'm like, she's the reason I'm alive because she got me through so much of those times. And like, um, it was just a very hard time in my life going through the divorce and just a lot of life changes, drinking and other struggles. Um, my career was kind of in a point where I was like, I'm kind of burnt out of real estate sales. Don't know what to do. Had a quick job that was really toxic, but I loved it and got out of that. Um, 
I was really unstable for a while. I was working the wine business, working it, but like that money I was making was going back into wine that I was drinking. So if I ever put together a profit and loss statement, I can guarantee it was a loss. Um, and so it was just kind of this really deep, dark time in my life. And um, I was really lonely. I went from like living with roommates my whole life to then having a husband to then having a dog at least, and then to nobody. And it was just me. And my friends and family were incredibly supportive and helpful, but they all had lives outside of me that they had to get back to spouses and kids and pets and their stuff. And it was a loneliness was the biggest, most common theme of my life during that time. Um, and wine became my best friend. Like when I was lonely, I would drink wine and that would ease that pain until the next day. Then I felt more anxious and more lonely and, um, yeah, mental health, like that is huge. It's mental health awareness. It's something I'm super passionate about. Um, throughout this time, I had my first panic attack. I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety and, those just took over my life. Like I was in deep depression and, um, it was just a really hard time. And I used alcohol to cope with that loneliness, to cope with the pain of a divorce, to cope with the loss of my dog and every other chaotic thing that was going in my life. I just felt so lost and wine was my only solution. And, um, obviously that only made it worse. Um, it was terrible for my health. I gained so much weight. Um, just looking back at photos and not even on like a body shaming level. Like when I look at photos of myself back then, like it makes me very sad to see how unhealthy I was. Like I look like I am exploding from my skin because I just, you can just see like in my eyes and my face, it's so puffy. Um, because I was using alcohol to cope with my depression. Um, and so, yeah, I forgot kind of my train of thought with that. Oh, transferring into the good that it brought, um, when wine was no longer my friend and it was no longer my coping mechanism, I had a lot of shit I had to work through. And so it helped me work through a lot of those things. Um, financially, holy shit, the amount of money I saved, <laughs> like, wowza. Um, and I was able to take that money and I, I was kind of like a, I'm not drinking, so I can buy this. You know, I had that kind of mentality, so probably not the healthiest financially, but still it was money being invested into things like I would buy wellness products, or I invested in a coach for my business, which was incredible. Um, all those different things that you can invest in outside of it, like cuter outfits. I'm just, you know, I get to spend money on that because I'm no longer just dumping it down the drain of alcohol. Um, so financially that was massive. Um, personally, just like really becoming okay with being with me and who I am. Um, I think we've talked about it before, but the best way to build self-confidence is to follow through with the promises you make to yourself. I've said that so many times, literally I've said it so many times. I think I've said it on every single episode because it's so important. It's so crazy because 
when you're drinking, you don't, you, you promise yourself, you're going to wake up early and go to the gym and have this productive work day. And then here we are downing a bottle of wine. And then the next morning I feel like shit. Um, and I have all this anxiety. I have this physical dragging, you know, and I'm never following through anything for myself. So when I quit and like the confidence just snowballed. Like I was like, Ooh, I got this. I've made it through a week. I'm freaking killing it. Then it became a month. Then it became six months. And now it's been, um, I don't even know, like almost a year and a half now. So it's just crazy to see how that snowballed in my life confidence wise. Like I am just so confident in who I am as a person at my core now, where like the Jenny, when she was drinking, was so insecure, so lonely, and so desperate to be loved. Um, but like nobody could love me until I gave myself that love because I hated myself. Like I just, I did. And so that was a massive change. Um, I lost 50 pounds, which is insane. Again, I'm like anti-diet culture because that was a huge thing I worked through and getting sober is getting past a lot of those toxic beliefs around weight and stuff like that. Um, however, like I said, I was just like unhealthy. And so that weight was like a physical sign of like my discomfort and my like unhealthiness and just well-being. Um, I started a business. Uh, I guess I did. I technically started my business before I got sober. Um, but it was like a catalyst to like, it went from like, okay, it's this little like thing I'm doing to like, this is a freaking business and I'm running through walls to get where I want. Um, so that's been super fun. Gosh, I could go on for days about good things, relationships. Like it has just strengthened my relationships with the people in my life so much. Um, and a big part was like, I can no longer be a crutch for those people that have alcohol abuse issues and that just use me as like, oh, well, Jenny drinks so much, you know, like I'm no longer your excuse. And that's, that was very, I don't know if empowering is the right word, but it was like a weight off my shoulder that like, I'm no longer enabling others. And selling wine was a huge part of that too. Like this substance is literally killing people that I love. It is destroying their lives. How the hell can I promote this product? You know? And so I tapered back on selling my wine product before I quit. But once I quit, I did decide like it's time because like, I can't promote a product that I see killing my loved ones and so many other people's loved ones. So not even yeah. just killing them, but like ruining their lives. You know, and I wouldn't say ruining their lives because a lot of people don't see it and they think that they're doing just fine, but people don't realize what they're capable of until they are out of the fog, I guess, I is a way I would describe it. Yeah. But it's, it's crazy how much alcohol is embedded in our society and how much people just don't realize what they're capable of because they won't, they they won't stop. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm not saying everyone has a problem, but even when you're having, you know, two to three drinks, there's no, it's bad for your health. It's not good for you. It's extra calories. It's causing your hormones to go imbalanced. Like you were saying, the cortisol levels and whatnot, the things you don't see, it's still affecting you. So yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's a spectrum too, right? Like it's like 
there's high levels of alcohol abuse and there is low levels. And I think like a big thing I'm passionate about is breaking that stigma that like you have to be an alcoholic to quit. I don't consider myself an addict or an alcoholic. Um, maybe some people would disagree with me. That is okay. That is just my personal choice. And that is not because I have any like disrespect to addicts. I think that an addict that can get sober has way more freaking power in their like bodies and strengths and minds that like they can get through that and get to that point. Um, but to me, it was just, it became an unhealthy habit in my life. And I recognized that it was causing me more harm than good. And so I don't love sharing like how much I was drinking. Cause I feel like when I was drinking and trying to decide, do I have a problem or not? Like anyone who drank more than me in any capacity, I would use as an excuse to. And like... if, if you're <laughs> asking yourself that question, oh, it's yeah. like, okay, really? uh, yeah. like, it's mm -hmm. like, okay, if you're really questioning it, then maybe it really is something to evaluate. Oh, 100%. Um, I was going through a sober curious journal and it was like, if you're asking yourself, if you have a problem, then you probably like have a yeah. problem, you know, and even so if it is some. Yeah. Is it yeah. just, is it problematic? Like that's a question you can ask rather than, am I an alcoholic? Mm -hmm. Because that's what people like that stops people from getting sober because they don't want to have to feel like they had a problem and they were like an addict and the picture that society paints of what an addict looks like. Um, there's just so many addicts or people that struggle with alcohol that you wouldn't maybe even know on a day-to-day -day basis. You don't see their behind the scenes. You don't see their family life. They look like they're just a normal functioning adult as I was. I mean, I was a functioning adult. Like I was still able to go to work, pay my bills, like show up at things without being a complete train wreck. But like deep down in my behind the scenes, my life was a complete wreck because of alcohol and just like destigmatizing that, like I have to be an addict to quit drinking is it's a huge like hump to get over, I guess. I agree. And I feel like the sober curious um, avenue that has really come up a lot lately. I follow a lot of people and I know it shows up on my stuff because I yeah. follow them, but I love the sober curious just avenue to take because it's like, you don't have to work a program. You don't have to do any of this. It's by your choice and your choice only. You're making this decision to quit drinking. And there's so many resources out there where it's like, you can quit drinking and not have this, like you said, alcoholic label mm -hmm. on you. Cause like for me, maybe I was an alcoholic, maybe I wasn't, you know, but it doesn't matter now right. I, yeah. I quit and I don't plan on ever drinking again in my life. And that's, that's it, mm -hmm. you know, and you can call me an alcoholic or not. I really don't care because I'm confident in myself that I'm a hundred percent better person now. Oh yeah. So I don't percent. dwell in, you know, I don't dwell in that. No, it doesn't need a label. And I also think what I want to mention too, is like, AA is not the only solution and I'm not saying that to bash AA. It works for many people. And I think that is a phenomenal program for them. It was not something that I wanted to do. I actually did, um, went to college for sign language interpreting. This is an aside, but I'll get to the point. Um, and I had done some interpreting gigs or like shadowing and stuff at AA meetings. And it just like, 
it's again, that like society stigma of what recovery has to look like. And I just like, wasn't for me. That doesn't mean it can't be for you or somebody else. But like, for me, thinking of having to go to meetings and stuff like that, that turned me off from sobriety so much. But then when I realized like, I don't have to follow a program to do this, I can just reclaim my power and work on this myself. Um, I think a lot of that is because, and probably very similar for you, we've done a ton of the work already that like, it became a lot easier because we've been diving into this personal development stuff. And it was like, okay, we just keep hitting this wall, right? It's over and over. We're like, we're growing, we're growing. Like, why is this cycle happening? And when we broke down that barrier, it was like, okay, we can soar. So my point with this is there is a different form of recovery for every person. There's not only one way that works. So there's tons of resources out there too. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I was going to say earlier, I made this note of this, the loneliness that you were talking about. And I really wanted to touch on this because I know I was lonely too, when I was drinking, even though I had friends and family and, you know, a significant other, I was still like lonely And now that I have quit drinking, the people that made me feel lonely have gone away and my relationships have increased, you know, they're the best, the strongest they've ever, ever been. And it's crazy because you think you're going to be more lonely when you quit. And it feels like that for like this long, Mm -hmm. you know, it does feel like that for, I would say a couple weeks, maybe a month. But after that, you realize who really is there for you. And the people that are supporting you is tenfold. Like, I'd rather have the people that are in my life now than all the people I had in my life when I was drinking. Yeah, I I just had to touch on that because I was like, oh, this is, yeah, I have to talk yeah, about Yeah, you can that. relate because you can be in a room full of people and still feel super lonely. Like, loneliness isn't necessarily physical presence with someone around you. It's like not being seen and not being heard and not being like known at that like deep level and like drinking keeps you at such a surface level with people that like it is really lonely and isolating for anyone. I, I 100% agree. And it's so, a lot of the questions I get asked are like, what about like all my friends? And it's like, yeah, but are they really your friends if that's all you're doing? Mm-hmm. And then the other question I get, I know we've talked about this in the past, but like cravings. So for me, cravings randomly come up for me. So when the sun is shining and like, I feel like patio, I want to drink a beer, mm-hmm. and, but it it passes very quickly. Yep. Um, And just like mastering that decisive moment of like, is it going to be po- a positive experience for me to drink right now? and deciding not to but like you can still go sit on a patio and drink a mocktail or have a different option so I feel like having that decisive moment is the key to like cravings yeah I haven't had like super intense moments of cravings it's been very small like okay yeah like that was weird yeah <laughs> moving on <laughs> um but I wanted you I know that you haven't had much 
cravings, right? Right. So that was kind of like a big surprise for me. Honestly, I thought I would, cause I loved the taste of wine. Big reason I sold it and drank so much of it, but honestly I didn't have a ton and I can't say I didn't have any, but it was just like you where it was like a very, like it popped in my head. And then I was like, Nope, we're not going to go there and just shut it down. Um, so yeah, but like it is, it's still a trigger. And so funny enough, this just happened like a few weeks ago. I was at my sister's house and we were just sitting around outside and a FedEx truck drove by and my brain has been so hardwired to get a dopamine rush that there is wine being delivered by the FedEx man that I literally thought of wine when I saw FedEx and I was like, what's wrong with me? And this is a year and a half into sobriety. Like I don't even think about it that much anymore, but that's how much like our brain attaches to those things. And it's crazy. There's so much scientific evidence around it. But like I told my fiance Ryan later, I was like, this is really embarrassing to me, but like, that's what came to my mind. Like that's how hardwired we are. Like, and it wasn't a craving. It was just like, oh, I'm getting a wine delivery, you know, cause that's where it used to come from. So it's, it's deeply ingrained in our brains and you can do that. Well, and I agree with that. And it's just a habit you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's crazy how much just drinking turns into a habit. And that's why it's so hard to kick. Yeah. For a long time, my fiance is sober as well. His one year actually is today. And he, um, he, it's crazy how like Friday nights, because we would, it Friday weekends here for a long time. It was like, so what do we do tonight? <laughs> what do we do? And we've dove deep into, um, you know, health and wellness and like board games and we've become boring because, <laughs> um, because of the things that we're doing, um, not drinking on a Friday night. But it's not boring. You're having way more genuine time than you are when you're out drinking. And making and, ourselves a better person at the same oh, time. yeah. Like the amount of stuff I can get done now, like it's mind blowing. Um, well, I was going to say, what other questions have you gotten from other people? Because I feel like I want to. Yeah, I think um, some big ones are like, are, am I still going to have fun? So like, that's one of the big ones. I was always somebody who like, I still did a lot of the things I enjoyed, like drinking was just involved in them. So if I went golfing, I was drinking. If I was playing softball, I was drinking like just ridiculous. Like, right. I'm trying to perform in sports and I'm drinking alcohol. Like it's a joke, but (laughs) it's, it just became so normalized in literally everything I do. And it is in society too. Like you go to a baby shower, you're drinking, you go to literally anything you can celebrate, you can mourn, you can just have a hot, beautiful patio day, whatever it was. Um, but like, I have so much more fun now that I'm sober. I've done a lot of reflecting on like things that I really love doing rather than things I just like love doing because I drank with it. Right. So there's a handful of those things that I'm like, I never really enjoyed this. Did I like, um, football Sundays. I freaking, let's just be real. I don't love football Sundays. I can get into it. If it's like a social environment, there's appetizers and whatnot. That's what I like about it. If it's a Sunday and I'm alone, there's no way I'm watching a game by myself, unless it's like the Vikings are made it far. Like I can get into it, but I only liked that because it was another excuse to drink. Right. Yep. And so many of those things. So that's a big, big one. Um, People ask about like my favorite mocktails and favorite non-alcoholic beverages. There's so many out there. Uh, I don't do a ton of like mocktails. It's like, I don't mix up a ton of 
those, honestly, I've just gone big into like sparkling waters and I love my Diet Coke, some Starbucks refreshers, but there's so many good options out there. Athletic Brewing, Liquid Death. Um, if you go into any liquor store, if that isn't triggering to someone, they usually have a non-alcoholic section that you can check out. So there's a lot of probably the yeah. biggest ones. There's a lot of NA spirits now. Um, I haven't really dabbled in it uh, just because I don't I don't like the taste of alcohol, so I don't know why yeah. I'd want to, but there's a lot of different options. And it was fun for me, like making mocktails of my own, like yeah. that ended up being like a fun little thing that I would do instead of cocktails, I would make mocktails. And then I have other people try them too and be like, Hey, give this a try. Check this out. Yeah. You know? Yep. I love that stuff. And that's mostly what I'd use it for. It was like, I try and use it more for like a special occasion or something, but I was such a part of glamorizing alcohol when I was selling wine. Like I made all these fun reels about mocking, like how much champagne to put in your mimosa or like I have one where it's like my doctor told me to cut alcohol and I'm like literally cutting wine with the scissors as I'm pouring it. All those little things where I was just like making light of drinking heavily. I was glamorizing it by going on these fun trips with my wine company. I was promoting it. And so now like when I'm sober and I see the other side and how beautiful it is, I just like have this deep sense of purpose and believe that I owe it to people, like not owe it to people necessarily, but like it's my purpose in life to glamorize sobriety now. And like, I'm all about it. Like all those fun, cute little drinks and stuff. I was even thinking like, I have this brand photo shoot coming up and all these ones that I found on Pinterest as like my mood or inspiration have fun, like cocktails or they're drinking champagne. And I'm like, I'm going to do that with non-alcoholic beverages because F the belief that like, if you see a martini glass, it has to have alcohol in it. Right. Like, and they're cute and they're fun. So like, let's just make it combined. Right. Yeah. Um, on the mocktail thing too, I just went to Vegas and, um, you know, you can literally just ask someone nowadays, just ask your server or whatever. If you're going out to eat and you're feeling left out, just saying, Hey, can you guys make me a fun mocktail? And then the bartender will make you something cool yes. anywhere you go. Yes. And if you're at like a small town bar, my go-to is uh sparkling water with a splash of cranberry juice and a little lime. Cause that's like, looks like a vodka cranberry, but not right. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's what I used to have. If I was at like a little small town bar or like a place that doesn't have nice mocktails or probably only has like Bush NA on tap. <laughs> Literally. Oh, duels. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I just think though, like not drinking it's, it's so crazy how much drinking is glamorized and how much not drinking is stigmatized and it oh, just yeah. frustrates me so much because it truly has changed my life like you were saying I've never felt these feelings that I feel before of happiness and joy and being able to see the world in a beautiful light that you're supposed to be without the fog without the um having to drink and yeah spending my time in a bar, like I haven't been in a bar in months, you know, like I yeah. literally haven't been, there's no reason for me to be <laughs> there and how much more things that I'm able to do. Oh, um, yeah. I'm constantly doing new stuff. Pickleball. I know you play pickleball. I never would have got into that if I didn't quit drinking. Um, 
going different places, um, being safer, like just being safe, more yeah. safe than I was being <laughs> in like a foreign environment. Like it's yep. crazy. Um, when I was at the peak, I wouldn't say at the peak of my drinking, but I went um, to New Orleans. I went to Bourbon Street with my friend and I walked home by myself at four o'clock in the morning in New Orleans. Like that's literally not okay. Because that's I was terrifying. Oh yes, my because God. I was wasted and I thought I was okay. But I like just the things I think back on that could have turned into something terrible Yeah, that I'll never get myself into now. No. And you're just not living in alignment with your values when you're yeah. doing that. Right. Like I yeah. just, in every way, um, I definitely see that. And I think I forgot to say this part, but, um, it just came back to me ADHD. Sorry. Um, when it comes to activities and what you do for fun, uh, because I didn't drink in high school, what I started doing was like, what do I love? What did I love doing in high school? Cause like my high school memories, we had so much fun and we were never drinking. Like we were out TPing people and doing random stuff like that. Now I'm not going out and TPing people, but I'm doing things like I got back into playing soccer more last summer. I loved it. I played on three different teams over the summer. That was a lot, but that was a blast. I was out enjoying the lake. Um, I was hanging out with friends and actually having genuine connections. Um, doing just like random things that like just kind of brought me back to like my younger self and it's so much fun and when you say you see the world in a different light like I could literally just like stare at the clouds now and just be like oh my god this is incredible like it's it's just your eyes open up again you're not numbing yourself to like everything around you all the time and it's it's just crazy yeah it it really is just amazing how much you notice, how much you're living more in the moment um, when you're not drinking. And just like, like you said, living your true values, like your true integrity and your true values. It's crazy. It's literally like, I can't even put words to it because my life has improved so much that I just, like you said, want to scream it from the rooftops and just, I wish everyone would just give it a chance. I know. And it's so hard living in society. (laughs) Um, We were actually talking about going to the movies and it's like, you can't even go bowling. You can't even go to the movies. Like my, the gym that I used to go to used to have mimosas on Sundays. It's like, it's, there's not one place that has no alcohol. It feels like. Yeah, there's never. And I mean, even in Florida, we were at a mini golf course and there was like an order, like scan the QR code and they'll deliver you a drink. I'm like, this is freaking mini golf. Like this is what kids do. Uh, But I think that goes to show like there's never like I think I always kind of like waited to like, okay, I don't have this event coming up or I don't have something coming that like I can quit for a little while. Like there is never going to be a good time because it is everywhere. So like, don't wait if that's the thing, like you need to just kind of, I don't know, to me, cutting cold turkey and deciding I was never going to do it again. Holy cow, the energy I wasted on drinking, like that's a whole nother rabbit hole I could go down, but I'm going to go down it because (laughs) seriously, when I was trying to limit myself, like, okay, I'm going out to dinner. Now I can only have two drinks and then like focusing my energy on like, okay, I've had two, but I want more and all this. It was not worth it. No, my energy that I have now quitting drinking 
is three times that too. It's- oh my God. Yeah. It's a, and it's not even like the physical energy. It's like the amount of time, like you said, like I'm going to go to dinner. How much can I have? It's that mental energy of like calculating how much you can have, deciding if you have a problem, deciding how you're going to get over your hangover the next day, um, deciding where the, thinking about when the next drink is. Right. Um, I remember this summer, uh, this past summer, I was sober and went to a concert at Red Rocks in Denver with some girlfriends. And like in the past, I would have drank so much before it. We would have had to Uber there. I would have spent half of the concert in line paying $10 for a drink. And then I would have missed most of the concert and I would have remembered like none of it. And on a trip with my wine friends the summer before that, we were at a Luke Combs concert and I was out of my mind drunk. I was crying about Lord knows what, and I don't remember a single part of it. And it was the most beautiful venue. Like, I wish I could have just like soaked that in and enjoyed it. But now when I do things sober, I'm like, just obsessed with being like, oh my gosh, like I didn't have to pay for an Uber. I didn't have all this energy on, like, how are we going to coordinate who's driving and how much anyone's drinking before they drive? Like all of those things that like you calculate and you put into it. It's just wild that time and effort that we put into that. Literally. And the money, like it's crazy (laughs) now. It's like, I can do all this stuff just because it's like, okay, I don't have to get an Uber. I don't have to do this. I'm not paying $10 a drink. Like, it's okay for me to, I just went to Las Vegas and I've literally spent like no dollars because, and before I was spending thousands of dollars, like between drinking and gambling and then drinking and gambling and making worse decisions. It was like, oh my God, for sure. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But this time I was like, oh, okay. Well, I can't <laughs> spend that much. Yeah, that literally. Awesome. <laughs> literally. Yeah. I think too, well, I'm actually in Vegas right now, dog sitting for the month. And so twofold one, um, I've been doing dog sitting across country, which is why I've been nomadic, but I've been staying in homes. Um, this couple that I'm working for and another one that I had both have loads of wine in their house and they were both like, help yourselves, you know? And so like, those times where I was in those homes and like, it didn't even bother me that they were there. It was the most satisfying, like rewarding feeling of like, I would have like drunk Jenny would have downed your wine cabinet and then been like obsessing over how to like replace enough. So it didn't look like I drank too much. Like, you know, again, that it's that energy. But then the other night I was here in Vegas and spent $250 at Target and I was loading up on like sparkling waters and poppy and drinks and fun stuff. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm in Vegas. I want some fun, like mocktail stuff. And I left target and I was like, you know what, if I was in Vegas and I was a drinker, I would have found a way to meet up with friends and party or a drink by myself or go gamble and just drain my money. And so 250 is just like nominal compared to what I could have been spending. So let's dive in just a little bit on the retreat. <laughs> so Last year, we threw a goal-setting retreat, and it was a sober curious, just, we got a lot of entrepreneurs together, women entrepreneurs together, and we did, you know, just sober curious and did some mindset and goal-setting stuff, um, and we're going to do it again this year, um, yeah. but <laughs> literally, it was amazing, just one of the way that people were responding to our sober curious in our journey was one of the most beautiful 
moments. I was really nervous. My mom was there and I was really nervous to share my experience. Um, and it was new, it was newer too to me. And now it's like just mm-hmm. amazing how much it's impacted people, how much response we've gotten even after the fact, just people being like, Hey, like I got a mocktail instead of cocktail. Uh, just those small little things yes, just 100%. like it's it's so rewarding and so amazing it's the most rewarding and i remember when we were planning you and i were like okay like sobriety like do we talk about it cuz we're talking about goals and this whole goal setting framework is why i chose to get sober and like my life has like snowballed into this like all these good things happening um but we were like i don't know is that going to deter people like they can drink there if they want but they don't like, I don't, we don't want to pe- make people think they can't, you know, like, or feel judged if they do. And like you said, the response, like, and so for those who you don't know, like Ashley and I literally planned this goal setting retreat in what, like two months. Like I came to her at this time when I met her maybe like twice, like we had met at that point. And we were like, you know, we have like the same ideal audience. We should really do some collabs. And I'm like, I don't know where it came from because I've been thinking about it for a while, but it like came to me in that moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to do a goal setting retreat. And like, I just feel like I need somebody who can like help me just like make it happen. And Ashley was like, I'm in. And like the next day we were planning and like we planned it in like a week. And you would think because we'd never done it, right. That like chaos left and right, like things would just go out of hand and be really difficult. And it was the complete opposite. It was the most beautiful like, thing ever. Literally, I remember there was one moment right before where we had to coordinate between checkouts and check-ins that was chaos. But other than that, the most perfect people came, the most perfect vendors that aligned with what our values were came. It was just like every woman there got along. Everyone felt so like inspired and just it was like a connection that I can't even explain and it was insane to me how smoothly everything went given we did it rushed and we've never done it before and that is just like a testament to me of like how much more you can accomplish sober but also like when you're living in your purpose and passion like things aren't like as resistant as they once were like it's just goes so well, much and smoother. just on that note too of just like the goal setting retreat and whatnot things went smooth because we did have you know it was sober it was like okay like no one got wasted and fell down or anything like that it was just like a beautiful moment where everyone was just in the zone like I don't even know yeah no drunk drama everyone was just in like their zone they really set their goals. They reflected, they came back and they implemented. And it was just the perfect environment of like, like, this is what we're doing and this is our value. So we're going to like throw it out there. And it ended up, yeah, being one of the most memorable moments. Yeah. It's just so crazy. And just like you said, how everything aligned, um, I probably would have bailed if I was drinking. Cause I was, you know, it was a lot and it's like, I would have, you know, not had the mental capacity to really like research stuff and really get stuff done. And like me and you just freaking done. Well, the mind, the mental clarity that we had and the creativity that we had because we weren't clouding our minds with it again. Like it's just, 
it's, it's so cool to see the power it's had. And just, I think, cause we vibe so much and have had such similar experiences. It's, it's just so cool to see. And yeah, I was reflecting on that. I'm just so grateful that we got to do that and that we get to do it again. So <laughs> yeah. Yes. What else? Is there anything else you want to talk about just on the sobriety note? I feel like we've been on our soapbox for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess like the one other, like major thing that happened in getting sober was meeting well not meeting uh starting to date with my fiance now fiance who I'm marrying this summer like literally would have never happened so I've known him since sixth grade and like whatnot um that's a whole other story I could go down but he doesn't really drink like he's never kept alcohol in his house which is just mind blowing to my drunk past self (laughs) he's never done that like I've seen him drink like maybe three times since we've been together. And that's been like one beer. Um, so like, it's just not a part of his life. And I just know that like, he would have never gone for drunk Jenny because she was a hot mess and she did not have her life together. She was, you know, chaotic and drinking was what I did. Like that was my lifestyle. That was my fun. And he would have been like, okay, you know, not interested. And so like, I think that's one of the coolest things is partly because I didn't drink that like you know our lives meshed and like now I've found my forever partner but I think also like taking that time to really work on myself after going from like a divorce to the loss of my dog and all those struggles like getting sober forced me to really like take a look internally and I've been doing that but I don't think it was progressing in the way that it was when I was drinking and so once I took the time to do that work like I knew exactly what I wanted in a partner. Like I had written it out. And when I met, I keep saying met Ryan, when we started dating, like I looked at the list I had written of like my non-negotiables, every single one he checked off. And it wasn't just like an on paper, perfect person. Like he is everything that I have been like working for. And it's just another testament to like how, when your values are aligned and you're living in that and living in your values and your purpose, like the things that are aligned with that, like just magnetize to you. And that would have never happened if I didn't quit drinking. So it's funny that you keep saying met It's because he did, he remet a different person (laughs) than who, you know, who you were like, that's a big thing. Like I'm not you know, I've changed so much and just in a better way that I'm a completely different person than I was a year ago or a little little over a year ago. Um, uh, you would not recognize me. I mean, you'll recognize me, but, um, I was just in a different spot doing different things at different times. And now it's like, now I've just, I feel like I, I don't know, leveled up, I guess. Next it's level. A sober glow. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like the it's the biggest level up. Like it's um, oh, there's this podcast, Woo Woo and Do. It's some girls that I went to high school with hosted, but they talk about like an upward spiral instead of like a downward spiral. And it is the biggest upward spiral you could ever give your life. And I just think it's so cool. Um and the only other thing I didn't touch on is like social media mm. and um So obviously I'm in the business of social media, but like how I really like got to being sober. Like I talked about podcasts were a huge one. Um, But if you go search like hashtag sobriety, hashtag sober life, hashtag sober living, yada, yada, right on Instagram, TikTok, there is a massive sobriety community there. And it is 
beautiful and it is amazing and it is so supportive and so encouraging like it's just like you don't even know the person and you're just like I am obsessed with you because you've like gone through this challenge and you can relate so heavily um but just like listening to those stories of people if you're sober curious I think like start filling your feed with some of those and a lot less of those like drinking meme pages I talked about this on my Facebook page recently if you're complaining about social media media being a negative space, you might want to look around and see what stuff you're engaging in because social media is an algorithm that is uh, data collected on what you are engaging in and liking and not liking. So if you're engaging in negative things, that's what's going to come up on your feed. And if you're engaging in positive things, that's what's going to surface, right? So when I got sober, one of the first things I did, and I think was huge for me, was unfollow anything that was related to alcohol. Anytime like it came up on my TikTok feed, I wouldn't give it a time. I would swipe by it and it still randomly happens. Um, and instead I would follow and I would engage in sobriety accounts. So that's what my mind was being filled with as I'm scrolling through social media. And it was just such a cool shift to see. Like I said, used to sell wine. So I had a ton of friends selling wine. I just muted them because like, I still love them dearly and I want to support them. However, seeing them post about my favorite beverage that I like just quit, like was hard. And so I think you have such a power on social media to determine what comes on your feed. And while you can't control everything that anyone else says, like you have that control of what you're filling your feed with and what you're filling your mind with. And so if you're curious at all, and you're like thinking you need to get there, then start filling your feed, still start listening to podcasts, start reading some books to just understand what it's doing to you and fill your mind with that positivity rather than the negative, I guess. Yeah. I love that because I follow a bunch of like sober just, and they're funny too. They're still funny. You know, yeah. like I, like I thought I was going to miss that, but I still, it's, I follow sober curious that it's even more funny now that I'm here and you know, where I was and all these women and I guess I follow women pages because I'm a woman, but I follow these pages and just how much I vibe with them more and how funny it is and how empowering it is at the same oh, time yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And, it makes and me I happy. had some really good friends through it mm -hmm. too. So um, there was one page and I wish I could source it right now, but they had like a thread like, Hey, find sober friends in your city. And there was like a sober in Minneapolis group. And so we formed this group chat on Instagram and we would go do super fun things in the cities. Like I did yoga on Lake Calhoun one day. We did like salt caves. We did coffee meetups. And it was just such a cool thing to be able to meet up with like-minded individuals and do activities without alcohol and remember like those things that bring you joy. And now like I've met some of like my really close sober girlfriends I met through Instagram because we were both at this sober event and we we're like followed each other. And then we're like, oh my gosh, we need to be best friends. And therefore we immediately became good friends and now we'll hang out. And it's just, it's another level of connection. I think like you just get each other on a whole different level. That's why you and I connected so quickly. It's like, you don't, it's like you skip that like shallow part and we just like get into the deep right away. And that's so powerful. It is. And it's the more you do it, I feel like stepping outside your comfort zone a little bit, you know, just quitting drinking. And then it's a lot easier to step outside your comfort zone and meet people that vibe with you so much. It 
Yeah. It's so cool how, like you said, our connection was just like, okay, and now we're throwing a retreat tomorrow. <laughs> and that's how what no, but it and it's been amazing but ever it was. since that we literally talk like at least once a week. Uh, you yeah. know, and just like you're one of my best friends because we skipped all that and we can talk to each other about other stuff too. Like, oh my gosh, this is this happening and it sucks. And it's like, I get it, I've been there, you know, it's gonna happen. Yeah, and I think like especially if you have struggled with other people in your life with substance abuse, like the sobriety community probably also has it's genetic, right? Like addiction and all of those things. Like it's, it's literally everywhere. It's so common that people have alcohol abuse issues because it's so normalized in our society. And it's like, if we can help promote stopping that shame around being addicted or have having a habitual drinking issue from like a toxic substance that's addictive, right? Like break down that shame. It's not you, it's the alcohol. And then like open up this freedom to like destigmatize what sobriety looks like. It's just so cool. And the more that I've opened up about it, the more I have had my inbox flooding with people that needed to hear this message and that are also struggling that I would have never guessed. You would have never guessed. I would talk to friends who had family members or friends who were literally dying from alcoholism that you would never know, Mm -hmm. but it's everywhere. Everyone, you know, deals with it in some capacity, whether it's themselves or somebody that they know in their lives. And I'm just like, so honored that you've given me this space to like help promote and destigmatize. Like, it's just such like, I don't know. I'm getting all the feels. <laughs> yeah. I get so emotional nowadays just I do about too. <laughs> it because it's just the most beautiful journey I've ever decided to take. And it, it really like, is. Yeah. It's crazy. And just, yeah. Seeing the people in my life that have let alcohol and substances just affect their life and lead them to being dead it's just yeah it's hard and it's like I don't want to be that and I'm not going to be that so I took a different path and that was the best thing and that generational curse right like you I don't know if you're Colleen Hoover it ends with us like Mm -hmm. it ended with us like and that's so so cool that's such a cool feeling yeah absolutely all right well I think that's a good note to end on yeah. Um, you can find Jenny. I will post it in the show notes. Um, I will post the book that she mentioned, the podcast that she mentioned, and then just where you can find Jenny. If you have any questions, you can reach out to both of us at any time. We're open, 100%. open books. Yes. Right. Yes. You can, I mean, maybe too open, like I'll share yeah. way too much with you, but, <laughs> um, if you need <laughs> If you need connection, like, I think that's where you can start is just somebody who's been there, like somebody who gets it and is not coming from a place of judgment. Cause like, I'm not one to judge. I can't, could never. So same. yeah, same. So, <laughs> yes. Thank you to, for today, Jenny, and giving us your time and energy and talking about a hard subject, but a beautiful one. No, thank you for inviting me. I'm so grateful. This is my first ever podcast yeah. and I just, it's, it's cool. It's, it's a very cool experience. It's like getting to live out that purpose. So I appreciate you. I love that.